after singing that song, if you feel like you're just not in this season, when uh, you are dealing with affliction, with challenges, if things are going well, uh, nevertheless consider the song for the times when you will be in one of those seasons. And consider the song for the believers of Haiti or the believers of Afghanistan. For them, this song is much needed. And pray that the Lord would encourage them in this time of trial so that we can feel with those who are going through difficulty and pain and loss. One um, basketball player reflected on his basketball career and made the following observation. I missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost over 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot and missed. I've failed over and over again in my life. Now I ask you, if you were a, uh, a basketball coach, like Coach Brett Atkins, um, would, you, would you hire such a basketball player? Would you want him to be on your team? To have been entrusted with 26 times with the game-winning shot and his record to show that he had missed 26 times. The excerpt I just read were the words of Michael Jordan. If someone only looked at the time Michael Jordan failed, uh, we would get such a distorted picture of this major, major star in the basketball world. If someone kept tally of only the failures of this player and was so consumed developing a tunnel vision on those failures and shortcomings, it'd be hard to live with such a person. Michael Jordan concluded this list of his failures with the words, I failed over and over again in my life, and that is why I succeed. What propelled Jordan to succeed was that he did not give up when he failed. He kept going. And others did not give up on him when he failed. He had to have patience with himself, with his failings, and others had to have patience with him too. Even though we live in a fast-paced society that wants quick results and has little patience for failure, we can think of many scenarios where patience is needed if we are to achieve notice noticeable results. Think of how much patience and endurance athletes must exhibit in order to grow towards mastery. 
how much practice coaches need to have with their athletes and how much practice the athletes need to go through in order to get to that level in which they will win games consistently. Think of how much patience teachers must have with their students to wait for them to grow in learning and eventually acquire enough knowledge and skills that makes them marketable for a job. For those of you who are homeschooling, how much patience you as parents need to have in order to see your kids make progress. And sometimes that progress doesn't show the, with the same speed and intensity that you would want it to show. And what you must exhibit and practice is patience. Keep doing what you're doing. It will eventually come. Think about how much patience parents must have with children in simply teaching them and instructing them in the way of the Lord. Patience is especially needed, not only to become a good athlete or to build up a good team, not only to raise up children and a, and a, and a good family. Patience is needed for the body of Christ, for the church. If we are to grow together in Christ, we need patience. So this morning, the theme of the message that we are looking at today is walk with patience. Walk with patience. The passage I will be reading, and I invite you to open God's Word to Ephesians chapter 4. I'll be reading from verse 1 to 6, as well as another verse from uh, 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 5, verse 14. The passage, the first passage, is the same passage we read last week. Uh, we are in a short uh, topical series of messages on, uh, on how to relate to one another in the body of Christ. How to relate to one another in the body of Christ. And today, we are looking at the theme of walking with patience. Here is God's word from Ephesians 1. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 to verse 6. I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. Now let's turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I'll be reading just one verse from this passage. Verse 14. 1 Thessalonians 5, 14. I love the sound of leaves of the Bible being turned. And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. This is God's word for us this morning. Let's ask the Lord to bless the hearing of God's word and the proclamation to our hearts. Let's pray. 
Father, we need your spirit today to awaken in us what our hearts need to be awakened in order to hear your, will, your word well, in order to hear it with a posture of humility and a desire to embrace it by faith. In the name of Jesus, I pray for his glory and honor. Amen. Walk with patience. Uh, the first passage that we have read from Ephesians 4 speaks about the growth of the body, uh, which is the local church. Uh, the, what are the critical elements of, of growing the body of Christ? Uh, we saw last week that the first element for that growth of the body to take place is humility. Humility. Yes, humility is a critical element for the growth of the body of Christ. And it's the first way in which we walk worthy of the salvation to which we have been called by God. And today we are uh, looking at another element that is key to help us relate well uh, to the body of Christ, which will also help the body grow uh, towards maturity in Christ. And that element is Patience. Patience. The English preacher, Charles Spurgeon, said, All men praise patience, but few practice it. All men praise patience, but few practice it. Have you noticed that all of us love to be around patient people? And we get irritated when we are around impatient people. We love being around patient people. And yet, do we like to be patient with others? The main point of the message this morning is walk worthy by walking with patience. Walk worthy by walking with patience. Uh, if you like to take notes, we'll have Three questions that we'll be looking at this morning. Um, what is patience? What is patience? Why must we walk with patience? Why must we walk with patience? And finally, how do we walk with patience? How do we walk with patience? What is patience? The, uh, the Greek dictionary uh, for the New Testament Greek uh, defines patience in, in, in two broad terms. There's two broad areas of patience. Uh, on one side, it's a state of remaining tranquil while waiting an outcome. The state of remaining tranquil while waiting an outcome. Parents driving long distances with the kids in the car. Mommy, Daddy, are we there yet? And that goes on and on and on. Does that seem like patience? No. The state of remaining tranquil while awaiting an outcome, waiting to get to a destination. That's one dimension of patience. Another dimension of patience is a state of being able to bear up under provocation. The state of being able to bear up under provocation. Now, the, the Greek word for, for patience could be translated also by words such as endurance or forbearance. Endurance or forbearance. And now some people associate patience with endurance, 
particularly when we deal with circumstances that require patience. So when, when things are difficult, uh, we say patience means enduring through. When the patience is needed in regards to other people, we often call it forbearance. Our patience is often required when dealing with difficult circumstances. It's hard to be patient in difficult circumstances that require either a long time or situations that are delayed or that are simply difficult. And it's not uncommon to hear someone say, I'm struggling to be patient in this ongoing sickness. Just ask the people who have had knee surgeries lately, David and Sue, or, knee, or heel issues, and the, the recovery is really slow. Just ask them, what is one of their challenges? Being patiently waiting for the recovery to do its full work, especially when it's happening slower than what you intend it to be. Again, Spurgeon said it beautifully, the best remedy for affliction is submitting to providence. What can't be cured must be endured. That's wisdom for thinking about patience in difficult circumstances. Patience is an important quality for how we relate to circumstances. But our text, the patience that we are seeing in our text, is focusing not primarily on patience in circumstances, but patience with people. And somehow, that is a little more difficult. Somehow, patience with people is a more trying patience. So the rest of this message, all this message, will focus not on just patience in general, but patience with people in particular. And under this category of patience, there's two definitions. Patience with people has two definitions. The first one, patience means having a, and this is a literal sort of definition of the Greek word, a long temper. Now, long temper is in the opposite, on the opposite spectrum of having a, you say it, a short temper. You can understand patience as being the opposite of, of a short temper. Now, we all know what it means to have a short temper, don't we? Some of us have short temper more often than we should. Even the most patient person around us has moments of short temper. Patience is the very opposite of having a short temper. And the best example and illustration of having a short temper in the Bible is God himself. In the Old Testament, in the book of Exodus, God describes his character to Moses after Moses asked God, show me your glory. And God decides to answer Moses' request. And, and part of showing the, the glory of God to Moses, God describes to, him, to Moses his character. 
the character of God is a, is a manifestation of the glory of God. And in the description of the character of God, what God is like, one of the phrases that God uses to describe himself is, God says the Lord passed, the, the word says the Lord passed before him, before Moses, and proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger. In the Hebrew, the words are literally slow to anger. When the Greek translators translated the Hebrew Old Testament into Greek, the word they used for the phrase slow to anger is the Greek word for patience. In other words, to be patient is to be slow to anger. And the greatest example of that is the character of God himself. God's patience is defined by his slowness to be angry with his people. Now, it doesn't mean that God will never punish evil. But God is slow to anger in order to allow his people to turn back to him. God's patience means that he has a long temper, allowing time for his people to be restored back to him. Are you patient with others in the sense of being slow to anger or being long-tempered in order to give others time to grow, to be restored or do you seek to keep others on your timetable? Is it possible that our fast-paced society affects the expectations that we have of each other as well? Patience towards other people means restraining from hasty and angry judgments. That's what patience towards others means. This long temper restraining from hasty and angry judgments. So let me ask you, what are the areas that seem to make you vulnerable to have hasty and angry judgments towards others? Are there areas in your life, if you're married, perhaps you may show this vulnerability towards your spouse, where you are, you're quick to show hasty and angry judgments? Perhaps you have someone in your workplace uh, towards which you have vulnerable uh, tendencies for impatience like this. Or perhaps there's someone right here in this room. Another meaning of patience. So one is patience towards others is ha having a long temper. The other definition of patience towards others is bearing with one another. Bearing with one another. That's why one of the synonyms for patience is forbearance. Forbearing. It's not a word that we use often. I mean, honestly, when was the last time you used the word forbearance? Or forbearing? <laughs> it's, not, it's not a common word we use. And yet, it communicates so well the picture of patience that I actually wish we could use it more often among us. 
this is the use of, of the meaning of patience, bearing with one another. And in Ephesians 4, we see the definition of patience exemplified in the text. It says, with patience, bearing with one another in love. Bearing with one another, if we were to just look at that phrase, would literally mean putting up with one another. Now, putting up with one another doesn't sound very appealing, does it? When you hear the word, I got to put up with so-and-so, I got to put up with this family member, or I got to put up with, with this coworker, or I got to put up with this person, it usually implies you're not too excited about that. It usually means there's some grudges there. It usually means I, I, gotta, I can't get out, but I don't want to get too close. It usually means I'm stuck. It doesn't communicate wanting to be close. It just communicates, I can't do anything about this. I just got to put up with it. I don't really want to, and I don't like it, and I really, it's just really unpleasant. It really feels like more like you're stuck. But that's not what the meaning of patience is. And if we associate patience with merely feeling like you've got to put up with someone and feeling like you're stuck, you're missing the target here. Did you see what the, the, the posture of the heart must be of how to bear up with one another? It says bearing up with one another in love. Patience is not patience if you're merely putting up with someone else and do so begrudgingly. That's not patience. Uh, parents, when, when, you teach, when you teach your children to be obedient, and eventually you get them to do what you ask them to do, and they do so with a complaining spirit, do you call that obedience? No. Just because they do it doesn't mean that they are actually obedient. Obedience is when they do it willingly. Obedience is when they do it without delay. That's obedience. Obedience is when they do it in love. And the same way with patience. Patience is not merely putting up with someone else. Period. If it's not done in, in love... If it's not bearing up with others in love, that's not patience. That's complaining. Patience towards others in a biblical sense is always a manifestation of love. Bearing up with others in love. That's why the famous chapter on love in 1 Corinthians 13, in verse 4, defines love. And the first characteristic of love is love is patient. Are you bearing with one another in love or in frustration? Are you bearing up with your spouse in love or in frustration? Are you bearing up with your family member, whether that's a child 
or a parent or a sibling in love or in frustration? Are you bearing up with members of this body in love or in frustration? Or is your patience looking more like, I ju I'm just stuck. I'm just stuck. Friends, we don't pra practice patience if we feel like we're stuck. That's not patience. So, we just talked about what is patience. Patience means, with others, means exerting long temper and bearing up with one another in love. Now, why must we bear up in love? Why must we walk with patience? There's one primary reason from this passage, why we must walk with patience towards one another. It may be easy to assume that patience is just a good virtue to have, that our relationships generally will be better if we just walk with patience with one another. That's true. In this sense, you don't have to be a Christian to learn that it's good. It's a good idea to be patient with others. But patience is way more than just simply a good idea that makes for good relationships. For the followers of Christ, there's a lot more at stake in walking with patience than simply it's a good idea to be patient as, as, a, as having a, a virtue. We must walk with patience because that's how we walk worthy of the salvation God called us to. We must walk with patience because that's how we walk worthy of the salvation that God called us to. In Ephesians 4, Walking with patience with others is, is the manifestation, is the application of the command that the, the Apostle Paul gave in verse 1, walk worthy of the calling God has given you. The first application of that is with humility. We saw that last week. The second application of that is with patience. In saving us, in calling us to salvation, God has already shown us incredible patience. And our patience towards others makes it clear that we understand and appreciate the patience that God has shown us. To be the recipient of God's patience and yet withhold patience from each other is a huge assault on God and a huge assault on our salvation as well. The best illustration of this comes from Matthew 18, the passage that our brother Chris read earlier for us in the service. Matthew 18 is a place where Jesus gives a parable, a story, an illustration of a master with his indebted servant, a servant who owed a huge amount of money, such a great amount that actually he could never pay in full. And when the master called the servant to come and, and repay what he owed, what the servant asked of the master is, Master, be patient with me. Have patience with me and I'll repay. And the master not only gives him the request to be patient, the master goes above and beyond. The master actually forgives the debt. 
cancels the debt. There's no more need for this servant to, to, to work another decade or two or three to try to pay this debt. That debt has been forgiven. And the, the, the servant goes out from the master's presence and he encounters another fellow servant who owed him a small debt. And when the servant sees this uh, fellow servant, he asks him to pay immediately and chokes him. And the servant, with a debt, with a small debt, told this other fellow servant, have patience with me. The exact same word, the exact same request that the first servant had towards his master, now the fellow servant has towards this forgiven servant. And the forgiven servant, we, we read, his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. But the fellow servant refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. How awful, how awful of the servant who had just been given both patience and actually forgiveness of debt to look at his fellow servant and not only, not only not to forgive him, but not even to have patience. To put this fellow servant in prison, how awful and wicked. Rightly, when the master finds out, he calls the servant back into his presence. And what he had given to him earlier, the forgiveness of his debt is now reinstated. This servant who has initially received both patience and the forgiveness of his debts, by failing to exert and give patience and actually forgiveness to others, has assaulted God, his master, and the salvation that he has received, the forgiveness. Friends, that's how we are. That's how we are when we fail to show patience towards each other in light of God's salvation and patience towards us. And actually, we're called not just to show patience to each other. We're actually called to cancel the debts that others have against us. When others sin against us, when others hurt us, we are called to, to forgive because we have been forgiven. And when we fail to show patience to each other, we assault the master and we assault the salvation that we have been shown. But the big principle for us in this parable is simply this, that God's patience with us puts us under an obligation to be patient with each other. God's forgiveness of us puts us under an obligation to forgive each other. It's hard to be patient with each other if we are unwilling to forgive each other. It's hard to be patient with others when we still hold grudges of their sins against us. It's hard to be patient with others. I get it. But we're never supposed to be patient with others because it's easy. We're never supposed to be patient with others because they deserve it. We're supposed to be patient with others because we have been shown patience by a very merciful God. 
Let that encourage you. Let that be their motivation when it's difficult to deal with a particular person. Let that help you see the reason and the, the source of energy for you to show patience towards others is because God has been patient with you. A lot is at stake when we become lax about showing patience with others. To, walk, to fail to walk with patience with others and with others means that we walk unworthy of the salvation that we have been shown. Yes, others may sin against us. Others may choose foolish paths that irritate us. Others can take unwise decisions that trouble us. But we cannot allow our hearts to grow impatient with each other. If we do, now that becomes our sin, not the other person's sin. We must protect our hearts from being impatient with one another because walking with patience is how we walk worthy. Walking with patience is how we walk worthy. But finally, the last point, we've looked at what is patience. Why must we walk with patience? It's because that's how we walk worthy of the salvation God has given us. How do we walk in patience? How do we walk in patience? Let's consider six applications of how we walk with patience. First of all, we show patience by actually bearing with one another in love. We show patience by bearing with one another in love. It's easy to talk about it. It's easier to hear it. It's harder to do it. But it's time to do it. If there are people in your life with whom you have been struggling to bear up with in love, it's time to pick it up again and do it. Showing patience towards people who are easy and fun to show patience is not difficult. Patience is really tested around the people who are difficult for you. I love how one pastor put it. This means putting up with that brother whose personality grates against your spirit. And with that sister whose preferences never seem to align with yours. It means bearing with that member who talks too much or with that member who processes too slowly. It means enduring that member who loves awkward conversations or that ministry leader who enforces policies you find ridiculous. I might just be in one of that categories for some of you right now. <laughs> and that family who touts political views that give you indigestion. Some of you might be doing this right now. It means forbearing with that saint who struggles to break free from an exasperating pattern of sin. It means putting up with that elder who has hurt your feelings or displays weaknesses that frustrate or annoy you. 
Do you have people who fit in any of these categories? That it's hard to bear up with? Some of you are smiling and you can't control yourself. Think of the people who fit in any of these categories. The Lord is calling you to bear with them. Not in frustration, but in love. Ask the Lord to help you do so in love with the people, with the specific people that are in any of these categories. Accepting others, including their weaknesses and faults, does not mean that we never correct each other. That we never bring up an admonishment when it's necessary. A second application of how we show patience towards one another is showing patience when we have to correct. Showing patience when we have to rebuke. And this is, a, this is the application that comes from the, the text in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 15. Let me say it again. Being patient with others does not mean that we never correct. Paul commends the people, the church in Thessalonica, to admonish one another, to help those who are weak, to encourage those who are discouraged, to admonish those who are idle, those who are lazy. Bring it up to them. But when you do it, do it with patience. Be patient with them. A similar point the Apostle Paul brings to Timothy in his letter to, to Timothy. In 2 Timothy 4.2, Paul says, Rebuke, reprove, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. Correction and exhortation are part of the life of the church. Uh, this is part of our relationships with one another. But when we do so, and here's the key, when we do so, we must do it with patience, with complete patience. Some of us are decent with patience until we have to go into correct, corrective mode. And then we forget about patience. Patience, however, must accompany us even when correction is administered. Sometimes you may not be ready to bring a correction because your heart is not ready to bring it with patience. Even if the other person deserves the correction, your heart may not be ready to give it. So are you patient also when you have to bring correction? Ask God for the grace of complete patience in giving correction when necessary. In bringing up a difficult issue, ask God to give you patience so that you don't let your impatience and frustration explode when you finally bring something up. A third application from the same verse in 1 Thessalonians 5 is that we must show patience towards all believers. 
not only towards some. We must show patience towards all believers. The Apostle Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 14, be patient with them all. Not just with a subset. Not just with those who are easy to have patience with. Be patient with them all. Well, friends, this means that when we encourage one another, we must be patient. When we help the weak, we must be patient. When we correct, we must be patient. Patience should characterize all our relationships in the body of Christ. So the third application is show patience towards all believers. A fourth application, how we show patience. Show patience to the very end. Show patience to the very end. Some of you may ask, Pastor, how long should I be patient with so-and-so? Listen to James chapter 5. Verse 7 and 8. How long should we be patient? Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. Oh, no. Seriously? Until the coming of the Lord? Are you kidding me? That's what some of you are thinking right now. Until the coming of the Lord. And then James gives an illustration. He says, see how the farmer waits for the precious fruits of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and the late rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. The Lord is near. Be patient. Friends, in order to endure well, in order to suffer well, and in order to put up with others well in love, we must have patience knowing that the Lord is coming soon. And then when He comes, He will make all wrong things right. So, be patient until the very end. Application number five. Be patient with joy. Oh, no. Paul, in his prayer to the Colossians, prays that the believers would walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Very similar to what he prays for in, in Ephesians. And one of the ways he says they walk in a manner worthy of the Lord is being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. Colossians 1.11. And did you hear how to walk with patience? Paul says to the church in Colossae, with joy. Now, patience and joy, that sounds like an oxymoron. That doesn't sound like working well together in a sentence except as opposites. And yet... Here, the Apostle Paul says that we are to have patience with joy. The world does not understand this combination. 
patience, and joy together as aides, as helpers. But this is where the Christian faith makes a difference. Because in patience, you may wonder, what is there to give me joy in patience? How can I equate any joy in being challenged to be patient? And this is where Christianity has the only solution. It's like rejoice in trials. Makes no sense to the world. Be patient with joy. Makes no sense to the world. And yet for us as Christians, here's the sense it makes. Knowing that when we are called to be patient, we exhibit one of the characters of God himself. And that should give us reason for us to be patient with joy. It's not because the occasion gives you reasons to be joyful. It's difficult. It's not because the people around you give you reasons to be joyful. They're difficult to put up with. But because in patience you put on display one of the facets of the character of God. And when you do so, you exhibit the glory of God. Like Moses experienced the glory of God when God said to him, I am slow to anger. Oh, friends, we get an opportunity when we're called to bear in patience with one another. We are given a freebie to glorify God by displaying the character of his patience with us. So be patient with joy, not because you have it in you. Be patient with joy because God strengthens us. Because God strengthens us to do so. And to, when we do so, we display, exhibit the character of God. And this leads us to the last application. We must show patience with joy, but the last application is in order to do so, ask God to strengthen you for patience. Ask God to strengthen you for patience. If patience was a natural ability for us as human beings, the Bible would not need to bring our attention to it. But it's not natural for us to, to be patient in love, and to be patient in joy with others. So one, don't be, don't be surprised that it's difficult. But patience with joy only happens by the power of God. And here's the good news. The good news is that God stands ready to strengthen believers with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. So the, the assurance is God stands ready for that. The responsibility for us is ask God for it. That's what Paul does to the church in Colossae. He prays for them. He says, this is what I'm praying for you. I'm praying that you might walk worthy of the Lord. And then he says, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. Ask God for the strength for patience with joy. Well, friends, 
in order to, to do so, in order to help you ask God for the strength, meditate on how patient God has been with you. And ask God to give you the power to be as patient with others as God has been patient with you. So the point of today's message is walk worthy by walking with patience. Would you want God to treat you with the same level of patience as you show others? Let's pray. Gracious God, you are not only merciful, but you are patient with us. And you exert your patience for our restoration, for giving us time to be restored to you and towards one another. And Lord, right now, this morning, we are asking you to continue to be patient with us so that we might grow in patience with others. Father, we ask that you might be patient with us so that we might grow in exhibiting the character of your patience with one another. Work this grace in us by reminding us of how patient you have been with us. And we ask, Father, that in the name of Christ, as we meditate on and your patience with us in Jesus Christ, Father, help us as we look to Christ to grow in treating one another and extending one another a patience that is full of love and of joy because of you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.